What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never get up. I'm not from the trash man to the CEO and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Tioma Lowe. Now, Tioma has been a physical therapist for the past 11 years, working in a variety of settings, including outpatient private practice clinics, as well as volunteering, volunteering on the sidelines of athletic events at Stanford University. Now, She's got a lot to share with us today. So, Tioma, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go, Tioma. How are you feeling today? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, doing very well myself. So, Tioma, I'm real excited. I think you are the first physical therapist on the show, if I'm not mistaken. So, I really want to get into this and really learn what it is all about. So, Tioma, why did you become a physical therapist? I became a physical therapist because of my experience as, as an athlete growing up, okay? I was a basketball player, and I actually have a twin sister. And so we played basketball together. And during our time playing basketball, while in high school, I sustained a really, really, really bad ankle injury that actually landed me in physical therapy. And growing up, the ABL, the American Basketball League, and the WNBA were just getting started as I was in high school. Yeah, so while I was recovering from my ankle injury in the physical therapy clinic, I was actually in the same clinic as those ABL and WNBA players. And so I saw them doing the same thing that I was doing and it just looked like a really awesome job and I decided to pursue it. Very nice, very nice. So what was the process like for you of getting to the point where you were like, okay, this is not only is this something that I want to do, but like I actually have the the skill set that like I'm going to put this in action, you know? What was the process like for that? Can you explain that question just a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Okay, so really, really what I want to know is like what, um, so you, you were telling me the story about, you know, how you got to pretty much, you know, you were sitting in that room with the physical therapist, you said it was an awesome job. Mm-hmm. So what were your next steps after that? Like what, what propelled you to, um, from, from then to, you know, uh, now as a physical therapist for the past 11 years? Okay, so once I saw the profession of physical therapy, I always knew that I wanted to do something in sports, whether it was sports administration or being an athletic trainer, but I just wasn't quite sure how to hone it down. And being in that clinic kind of helped me to see just another option that was out there. And so when I went on my recruiting trips for basketball, I actually thought that I just wanted to be an athletic trainer and only work with athletes. But at the time, while we were um, in those practice settings with the athletes, I only saw the athletic trainers sitting on the sidelines and that's not their entire job, but that's the part of the job that I saw and it really did not interest me. So when I saw that physical therapists in the clinic were actually working with the athletes and not just sitting on the sidelines, that's what really made me say, this is what I want to do. I want to be actually working with people and not just watching people get injured. Very nice. Very nice. So I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper. So what do you feel that were some childhood hobbies and habits that you think matriculated into who you became today? 
um, the childhood habits that matriculated me into where I am today, I am very open and I am very uh, compassionate. And when you're a physical therapist, it's really about coaching people. It's really about talking them through what they need to do and being the voice that they need to help them achieve their goals. And so for me, I was always the president of my youth choir or the president of my class at school or always in some leadership role where I had to rally people together. And I've never really been shy when it came to speaking to people or public speaking. Actually, my grandmother enrolled us in oratorical contests, which were Black history contests where we would have to write poems and present poems. And that gave me just a lot of confidence with speaking in front of people. And so speaking to people, I know can be difficult for a lot of people, but because I did that so much as a young child growing up, it just became natural. And I was always, when I was playing basketball, a captain on my team, captain in middle school, captain in high school. And I never thought I would be captain in college, but voted unanimously captain in college when I played at San Jose State. So I always had this responsibility of just encouraging people and rallying people. And that's exactly the same thing that I do on my job each and every day. Very, very nice. And I, I got to ask you, what is an average day like for you? Okay, so an average day like for a physical therapist for me is seeing an entire caseload of patients. Now, depending on the clinic that you work in, I work in outpatient physical therapy, but there's a lot of different settings. So for me, my caseload can range from seeing eight patients a day, and I've been in places where I've seen up to 17 patients a day. And so what that means is when a patient comes in to see me, whatever injury they have, first we're just gonna have a conversation. We're gonna have a conversation where I understand how they got hurt or what their injury was or what their condition was. And then I'm gonna do a movement examination. I'm gonna have them go through range of motion of their shoulder or their knee, or I'm gonna do a special test, meaning I'm gonna move their knee a certain kind of way, or I'm gonna move their ankle a certain kind of way to determine exactly if it's a ligament injury or if it's a joint injury. And then once I complete the movement exam, I'm going to then give them a treatment plan. Part of that treatment plan might be manual therapy. That means putting my hands on the patient and maybe doing some soft tissue work, or it might be doing a joint mobilization where I'm actually moving the joint to help it move better. And then I'm going to give them what we call therapeutic exercise. And that is any type of exercise that is going to help the patient or the client to recover and regain the mobility that they desire to have. So I'll do that all day. So each part of the day, I'm meeting a new person, a new personality, and helping them through whatever movement disorder or condition they may have. So that's typically how my day goes. And it's enjoyable because every day I'm treating literally from the head to the toes. So I can have a neck, a shoulder, a knee, or both low back pain all in the same day. So it just keeps me on my toes. I have to always be prepared for what might walk through my doors. Very nice, very nice. And that rolls into my next question beautifully. So what do you enjoy the most about your work? Every physical therapist will tell you that seeing our patients get better is the most enjoyable part of the job. So when we have patients that come 
sometimes, and it's not all the time, we'll have a patient come and only see us one time and never need to see us again because they're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what you did, but whatever you did helped and I'm good to go. Or it's that patient that has been challenging for us and we've been working with them week after week after week. And maybe one month later or two months later, they're like, you know what? I can get back to running again. I can get back to picking up my kids again. I can get back to going for a workout and not having pain again. And when they express that, the joy that we receive from knowing that we were able to help that patient is the most rewarding part of physical therapy. I literally just had a patient yesterday. She wasn't ready to be done. She said, and she actually said out of her own mouth, you know what? I think I'm good. And I'm like, okay, great. Because you're good, I'm going to let you try things on your own for a while. And she was like, oh no, you're kicking me out. And I'm like, you just told me that you're good. And so sometimes patients, they like just to have that accountability, that person checking in with them. But once that point, yeah, where they can themselves say I'm good, then that means I'm good and that we're all good because we have worked together to help you achieve your goal. And there's no greater feeling than that. Very nice. Very nice. But of course, the back end of that question is what do you enjoy the least? (laughs) Again, every physical therapist will tell you it's most likely the documentation piece. So documentation is just something that you cannot get away from. It's how you keep track of what's going on with your patients. And most importantly, a lot of times it's how you get paid because you have to have documentation when you're sending the billing and everything into the insurance companies. They have to see you justify why you are doing what you're doing. So it may take a long time. It can be a short time. You might. Back in the day, we used to have to write everything down. Nowadays, with all the technology, we can type it. But sometimes that can still take a while. So honing our skills and the documentation is a little bit challenging and kind of tedious, but it has to be done. Very nice, very nice, very nice. And I think that's, again, a very common answer with uh, for that question for every professional uh, profession is actually uh, that, just that, the administrative part uh, versus the craft. Um, so, yes, I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, Now, this next question is my absolute favorite, Tioma, and that is, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? Grades matter only to the point that physical, getting into physical therapy school is competitive. And a lot of programs may take 20 people. Um, Some programs take up to 50 people. So... Grades matter because you want to be good enough and to be seen as good enough that you can do the work that a master's or a doctorate in physical therapy allows. So grades matter to get into the program, but as far as being able to be a physical therapist really is about the passion that you have and how you really want to be able to help your patients and just having that drive. So you want to constantly be learning so that you can stay on top of the 
cutting edge technology or the new research that's coming out and how to treat your patients. Um, and if you have that desire, that's going to matter most as far as you being a good physical therapist. But grades matter only because you have to get into school so that you can then become a physical therapist. So you can't really slack off because you don't want a school to say, I'm sorry, you need to go back and work on your grades. And I have an example of that if you want to hear, but um, that's I'll just leave it there for now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that answer right there. And again, like, seriously, that's 100 percent accurate about life i think for anything so again sioma thank you so much and uh i'm, I'm gonna break down this next question a little bit for you so that uh okay. we i think you answered it a little bit um, right. in the uh, earlier but um I, we're just gonna retouch on it a little bit so what do you feel that your impact is and when i say impact i mean what are you devoted to doing what's your devotion oh man i actually really love that question what's my devotion so um, I don't know if we mentioned this, but I am an ordained Baptist minister in addition to being a physical therapist. I went to divinity school. I went to Candler School of Theology after I finished physical therapy school. And so when I started divinity school, I wasn't sure if I should incorporate the healthcare aspect of my career into that program. But after being there for only one semester, I realized that it was it was imperative. And so a lot of my work really is in the field, what we call faith and health. And so my devotion is in utilizing and understanding that our faith impacts our physical healing and or our spirituality, rather impacts our physical healing. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to have the same religion or everybody has to have the same belief. But a lot of times um, the spiritual component will guide or drive or have some uh, mental or emotional impact into how we feel as it comes to our physical bodies. So my devotion is helping people to understand that and helping people to utilize that to help them recover from whatever physical ailment they may be experiencing. Oh man, that was a great, 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 great answer. I love that answer right there. I mean, a lot of people really just don't understand that. Let's let's break that down a little bit, just just because because a lot of people don't understand the faith thing at all. I mean, a lot of people just don't straight up just don't have faith. Like mm -hmm. their their biggest fear in life, you can you can tell the the difference between people who have faith versus the people who don't. Just mm -hmm. by asking them what their biggest fear is. If mm -hmm. they say that their biggest fear is failure, then they are they have no faith at all. Like they're they're like if something bad happens to them, they just break down, shut off, and mm -hmm. like they they shut their body down, they shut their mentality down. It's like it's really bad. And a lot and again, this is a lot of people fall victim to this. Um, but if they answer that question, what's your biggest fear? And they say, uh, my biggest fear is a regret. That is a person with strong faith. That is a person who says. You know, when I'm 80 years old, even if I failed at that, I, at least I said that I tried. Mm -hmm. That is what you want. That is the type of mentality that you want. The the type of mentality that says, even if I fail, I'm going to brush myself off and do it again, try it again and keep going. And mm -hmm. that is that will take you so far. That's like a, a, a rule of life that yeah. will take you so far and propel you to so many different levels of life that you have never seen before. And I 
just again, I'm I really, 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 really love that answer right there, uh, Tioma. So I'm I'm gonna again, you've been giving excellent, excellent, excellent advice all interview long, but we are winding down to that last question, Tioma. And I do have to ask you if there is one, just one piece of advice that you could give to somebody out there listening right now that wants to be in the position that you are in today, what would that be? My piece of advice is to to go for it. Um, just go for it. If you want to do it, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it, that you don't have the drive to do it. Like, let me tell you, when I applied to be t- physical therapy school, I applied to at least five different schools. I only got into one. All the schools that I applied to told me no because my baseline grades were just just barely there, you know, because it was those health and sciences grades. And it that those were the courses that were difficult for me. And I failed a couple courses. And but what I've learned about failure is that it helps you learn how to do things better. It helps you if you sometimes you have to take things twice and three times so that you finally understand it. It's not that you you don't want to do it. It's just sometimes some things take a little bit longer for you to understand. And so that doesn't mean give up. It means to keep trying and to keep going for it. So don't let one failure or two failures or even three failures stop you from doing what you really want to do. Continue to pursue your goals and go for it. I love it. I love it. And again, Tioma, you have given excellent, excellent, excellent advice all interview long. And Tioma, is there any type of way that, you know, my audience can reach yours, like a a website, maybe a book, social media, something so that I can leave in the link in the description below? Absolutely. If you want to follow me on social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, follow me at at BodySoulPT. And if you want to check out my website, go to www.BodySoulPT.com. Perfect, perfect. And please, everybody, check out that link in the description below. Tioma is an excellent, 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 excellent person and also an excellent, she does excellent, excellent, excellent work. And I think you guys will really enjoy what she's got to offer. So, folks, as you know, there are three types of work, a job, a career and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Tioma helped you find it here today. That is a wrap. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a review so that someone else can discover it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at YI Network for episode updates, weekly takeaways, quotes of the week, and much, much more. And if you or somebody else you know is passionate about their job and would like to share their story, email us at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you soon, folks. And I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. I'm willing to go the distance. I feel like I'm up on the mount like I'm pitching. I'm fighting.